Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Nerds Around. It's your host, Sebastian. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And as always, we always like to do these creator series to feature various creators, whether they be in indie comics or whether they be in podcasting, musicians and all that. Today, we have an awesome creator with us who actually does a lot of great stuff in indie comics. For example, he has also uh, was one of the hosts for the Indie Creator Awards for 2020, um, has put together a great network that you're going to learn about today. I want to give it up for the one and only Rob Anderson. Rob, what's up? I can't live up to that. You've already set me up for failure. Now, <laughs> I was going to believe that. So I we're, we're just going to wrap this shit up right now? That's yeah. it. That's Thank it. you for coming. <laughs> Get your waitress. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, Rob, so for those who don't know you, um, please tell us your origin story. Who, like, you know, we've learned the origin stories of Spider-Man. We've learned the origin stories of Captain America. Let's learn the origin story of Rob Anderson. Please go ahead. Well, I mean, it all starts back when I was 11. I was having trouble reading in school. I was being called a retard. Not my word. I know this is not a good time to use that word. This is what I was told by teachers. I, I did not have a good thing. I grew up in New York City, so I was on the Board of Education in New York, which you know, you might as well roll the dice. Oops. Yes. <laughs> you might as well roll the dice to see what happens with that because, you know, that is the Board of Ed in New York City. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, turned out I was very dyslexic and they hadn't caught it. And if it weren't from for this show, and you guys might remember it, the X-Men, Pride of X-Men, that cartoon, yes. it made me feel so unalone that there were freaks out there like me. Because I was a kid who didn't get along with other kids. I wanted to talk about other things that they didn't want to talk about. I wanted to talk about what was going on. At that point, we were in uh, the Iraqi, the first Iraqi war, or, or it was in Kuwait at that point. But it was basically the first Iraq war. And I wanted to talk about that. My friends didn't care. They didn't watch the news. So I was this kid who was so lost, but comics felt like a connection. I was going through other things in my life where I was turning into puberty, and we all know how awkward of a time that is, especially when you're when part of your puberty is thinking about your classmates tied up. It was a weird time in my life. So <laughs> I, was, I was having these weird things going on, and that X-Men show really, really resonated with me because this Wolverine guy who was apparently Australian, I know, oh, yeah. I know you're all like, wait, he's not Australian. <laughs> Go watch that video. You'll know <laughs> what I'm talking about right away. I still, to this date, hear him as Australian when I'm reading the comic books. I still don't yes. hear I thought all Canadians <laughs> sounded Australian. So <laughs> there was a big problem for you guys. Well, you guys know, I'm sure, in the room. That was a pilot episode. Stanley only bought one. So I was left not being able to see any more X-Men. And I was like, oh, oh, I know that Stan Lee guy, that Marvel thing. That makes sense. Remember, at this point, I can barely read. I'm 11. I can barely read. I'm in New York City. They just promote you. It's yeah. a never le leave a kid behind. So just shove them forward. Let's see what happens to them. And I was in the middle of that. I didn't learn phonics at this point in my life. I could barely talk. They kept pulling me out of class during English classes and kept trying to do reading comprehension, which I was really good at. So they couldn't figure out what was going on. Long story short, I, I, I start learning how to read through comic books. I actually have uh, the X-Men comics at a local shop. I track them down. It's nothing like the television show, but I still keep reading it. Fall in love with it. I learned to read with the dictionary on the left-hand side, and I learned with the comic book on the right hand, and I looked every word up. You know what so funny? That is, wow. that is yeah. my origin with comics, and everything since then has been nothing but love for comics because it taught me to read. I had an IQ test a year after starting to read comics. You can look at my scores from the reading, I went from below average, like I'm talking like first grader at 11 
to college manuals in one year. They had never seen a jump like that. It turned out that I can be part of the Mensa group. I apparently had the highest IQ in the building. I was just severely dyslexic. And you oh, can't wow. teach a dyslexic kid the way they were trying to beat me up and trying to make me learn. Yeah. Yep. So, I, go I ahead. Rough. Oh, I, I, I like that. That's I, I have a similar parallel with that because that's how I learned to read was comics. And just certain day I was like, oh, wow, I didn't little so normally is there so i mean when you first got into comics what was your first foray into comics when you debuted in the in on the comic book scene oh man it had to be a uh, comic book school the panels that we we go to from buddy scalera does an amazing job in new york comic-con it is i i tell everyone like every year i go to new york comic-con if i can get a table that's great it don't matter i'm going there for buddies panels and i go to them even if i have a table I go, I, I table with someone. I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to go to this. This is my continuing education. That's how important they are. And I showed up there like every other creator thinking I deserved to be there. I hadn't earned my right, my place in there. And going to those classes helped me learn that. It inspired me to learn that. And during my actual creative journey, which was part of the comic book school's free uh, PDF they put out last year, Creator uh, Connection, uh, Comic Book School Creator Connections Panel 1, I actually explained there was points where I was in a wheelchair that I went to these shows there. Were, I had back surgery. My son, who's in the background, hopefully falling asleep right now as we're recording, <laughs> was, was born. And he went to a show at six months old after I had back surgery. That's how important those classes wow. were to me. They inspired me. And Buddy took everything I gave him. He read it. He looked at it. Well, what's next? How are you going to make it better? And he encouraged me. Him and Victor Dandridge, got to give a lot of credit to Victor. Two influences early in my career. I wouldn't do comic book advocates, which we'll talk about later, without Buddy Scalera. And advocating for comic books came before I was really creating them. But I, once you get bit by this, once you start creating and you see people read something and ask you a question, the best thing you could do for a creator, you say you love it, that's great. Say that you, you really appreciate it cool we love it you want to give us a hug that's fantastic but if you stop and ask us a question about the story we'll love you forever <laughs> now we can talk about all the stuff that we hid because as creators we hide little things that we want you to ask us about there's nothing more loving than that moment of well what it, can i ask you a question about this character yes please please ask away <laughs> so that's how i got started basically and like a lot of people going to panels learning from people who knew more than me and me being inspired to continue that journey further. So what was the switch? What was like that light bulb moment of like, this is more than something I want to learn from. I want to like start doing. I always wanted, after I learned how to read, I had to do something. I had to learn to write. I actually wrote a novel in prose at first because I'm a little older than you gentlemen. Back when I was doing comics early on, you'd have to buy like 6,000 of them. You have to invest $10,000. That was not where I was. So especially at 16 to 18, I remember I wrote this novel, sent it out, got a contract. They sent me a check. And I remember reading it and crying, like literally crying. It was horrible. I gave up writing for years. I did not think it was something I wanted to read. I got back into comics actually after September 11th because I'd been thinking about writing. I'd never really stopped writing but it was more poetry and prose and it was not really, it was always something I wanted to get back to. And I always promised myself the one thing I hated about my original writing, I hadn't lived enough life at 16. What do you really know about life? Yeah. You don't yeah. even yeah. growing up in New York city, unless you're talking about doing stupid things at 16, 
you don't really know how to how to write yet. When I got back after September 11th, it just felt right. And I was motivated to create a comic and nothing was going to stop me. And like many of you, I'm sure you hit the walls. Things went wrong. I went back every year. There was a point where I was literally writing comics and getting going ready there, but also training to be a wrestler for the, the show Tough Enough. And oh. I was working out all oh. the time, no, still shit. doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. I never got there because of the back injury. And it wasn't that I got hurt doing anything wrestling. A stupid door hurt my back and blew out a couple discs in a very bad way. But like I live to accomplish what I want to in this life because we only get one go around. I was always going to be a comic book creator one way or another. And I'm proud to say I am now. I remember the show I was at because we've all had the moment where you say, I want to be a comic book creator. That's how you introduce yourself. I want to be a comic book creator. And there's that moment where you hear it come out of your own mouth. I'm a comic book creator. And you're like, what did I just say? I must believe it. And from that point on, you run with it, man. You just, you go to it. And a lot of it is, and I say this all the time, don't fake it till you make it, earn it. Earn every ounce of that. Study it. Learn the history of comics. To this date, I'm still reading books all about the history of comics. So many fascinating things. I'm, I'm doing a biography about Stan Lee right now. Did you know that he actually made a bird's eye commercial at one point in his career? He did a he did a lot of stuff. I didn't know that he did that a bird's eye commercial. Won an award for it too. Really? Yeah. There was a couple I okay. met that they used to work for Stanley, and they said like a lot. He did a lot, and there's a lot of stuff that people don't know what he did behind the scenes, and how much of a sweet person he was too, and how much of a joker he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that uh that that audio clip came out of i think him testing out curses or something and yeah. an artist uh did a did a video animation of it it was just it was pretty funny because you're not used to just hearing him cur- uh, cuss you know he's just like so wholesome and genuine of a guy and uh you know seeing that just kind of was like a damn you know we, we miss you <laughs> we yeah. miss you and, and what your impact on the world of comics was and, and everything yeah you know but uh but my question to you so you talked so you talked you talked about you know, learning comics, how to read. I think, you know, a good amount of us have like learned how to read outside of the school system too. just things that we're interested in. Cause it's really sometimes just getting that, that piece of literature that you want to learn about. Um, so are you, uh, you have your son is, is, have you sharing the comics with him? What's that? What's that like? Uh, that interest. <laughs> it, it's, it's ironic. My son is autistic. Okay. And the first comic I wrote about him, I put words in his mouth. And I remember feeling like I kind of jinxed myself almost because I put words in his mouth before they came out. So it was weird being a creator. Like you, you have these moments. Of course, that didn't happen. He was always going to be autistic. I, I got over that very quickly. But the one thing with that comic that I noticed is that it started making him treat books better. The minute he saw that this was a book about him, saw me creating it behind the scenes, got to see it. And he was like three at this point. Well, between two and three is we're creating this book and he gets to see it. He loves it, falls in love. He has not ripped a book since that comic book came out on purpose. Before that, ripped every book, didn't care about it. Now sits there. We go to the comic book shop and get Transformer books. Trust me. Oh, and he's learning to talk now. It's an amazing <laughs> thing. He's put a lot of energy and effort into it. He has another book, Cat Dad and Supermom now, where he's the main character. Uh, and it's his dreams where these characters come to life. It's amazing to have him sit on my lap and watch the things come in, the art that comes in. And he'll be like, nah, and I'm like, what's wrong with it? And he'll point to like the bad guy and not like him. And it's just, it's an amazing moment to have your son sit on your lap and be part of that creative journey, especially knowing that he's, 
I know as a parent, he's going to have some difficult times. We have found ways to connect in a very deep and uh, loving way, but it's a geek way. Yeah. How awesome is that with your kid? We're watching Godzilla. There he is. See, and he's gone to, I, people don't realize my son's a, a, a con pro. He's done over a whole hundred shows in his life already. Really? Wow. Ooh, oh, wow. <laughs> he's been at over a hundred comics. Wow. Yeah. And he's he loves interacting with people. People love him. They can't believe not only is he autistic, but he's a kid. He's well behaved. He's respectful to everyone. He's always very energetic, smile. Like he's one of those kids that brightens the room. And people are actually like, Can Jax come hang out at my table for a while? By the end, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, day that's... one, they're like, Oh God, they brought a kid. Now by the end of it, come here, Jax, come hang out. <laughs> that's great. That's that's really great. You're able to, you know, share that, share that with your son. Like sharing your sharing your interests with your kid is fun. Like I know me, like I have like my son and daughter really are into the whole superhero phase. Uh, but just sharing your your passion and your in your work with him and, and creating something that he sees that is that, that he sees as reflection in his work, I think that's that's fantastic. And it's it's really a beautiful thing to see. And we, we all know that we need to get kids back into reading comics. It's the yes. biggest mistake that happened after the nineties yeah. was kind of the mainstream walking away from kids and not gearing towards them. Of course, now we see with IDW, Marvel, giving Spider-Man to them, that that is trying to be fixed. Kids are the next generation. We need them. We can't have them going to, and nothing against manga and anime stuff, but let's get them back to comics, superheroes, capes, and fun stuff. Because also, like we're talking about today, comics inspire people to learn. It gets them interested in the written words. It doesn't always have to be Shakespeare. It can be stan lee it can be a jack kirby book it can be a jim lee book so many great creators will eisner oh my god the stuff he did he's one of those guys who showed you that comics could be anything it just needed a creator who was passionate behind them i'm glad you brought up cat dad because i want to ask you your inspiration for it and hearing that it's just on that you know again that's just a heartwarming and everything it shows the type of creator you are but i want to get into also to the two stories you did for continuum the first one that i want to get into is featuring two tar- characters in a comic-con setting um barbara from barbara unleashed.com and manwolf um the cosplay detective so that's how you feel about com- how how it was combining these two characters in a comic-con setting and working with the artist cbz cb zane who was a dope artist that you had picked for this and you pick your artists which you could see in the comic book school anthology your story you've picked some great artists and how was it working with cbz zane and how was it coming up with this story putting it together well with the cb zane thing that also gives love to into the suck keith thomas was taken from us yeah. way too soon uh it, it really it that was he was a cheerleader for me early on and what i started with even advocating i just he was a great person I, if for those who knew him we know what we lost when he wasn't around anymore. He was just one of those people who made the room better by being in it. And then he was taken with us from stomach cancer. And I remember we were doing the advocator, which the advocator was an earlier uh, thing of just sort of like the continuum, but a little different. It was based on Kickstarter model. You just had a Kickstarter. This was the in-between project you could do while you were doing your other book for the next issue of Kickstarter. So I wanted to make this moment where, where you could combine these three franchises and they call us monsters, which is Manny uh, Wolf, who, 
who's actually a monster that's not a monster. Turns out monsters in our in this world aren't monsters. They're just human beings with genetic disorders that the silver screen has turned into gold, but hasn't given anything to them. Of course, this is a judgment on people, how we look at people and we don't understand them. Uh, Barbara Unleashed is about a young woman who goes to the New York City fetish underground to find who she is and explore her dark desires. I always say it's like Fifty Shades of Grey if it was written by an adult who knew what they were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. To have these three things combined in this one moment, that's a zany moment. It's it's a fourth wall moment. These characters should never have crossed paths in a normal day, but at a Comic Con, anything is possible. Giving that nod to how Comic Cons this thing, and in the Advocate, it was a four page. I turned it into a six page. For those who don't know, Keith Thomas um, did did into the suck, but we also dedicated the entire issue of the first continuum to Keith Thomas's memory. We inducted him into the Hall of Fame for the Creators Hall of Fame this year, which we're now calling. The, uh, the Hall of Creators, because it's not about wow. fame, it's about creation. So it's the Hall of Creators from now mm-hmm. on. And the original story was dedicated to him. C.B. Zane, awesome. I mean, I worked with C.B. Zane, like, I'm, I can go home now. I've worked with Chris <laughs> Mad. you know, I'm working with Mike Seeley. Wow. I have just been, satane Zillia, you see the image behind me, that beautiful image draws so many people to my table when I put that up. They just want to know about that. What is that? It's like, I mean, it, it it's like the summer light where you see all the bugs around it. It just, for humans, it brings them over. That's interesting. Because when you see something beautiful, you're compelled by it. How did I work with such amazing artists? I don't still know. I don't know how I got so lucky. I have really gotten, I think it's just being honestly genuine as, as much as you can be, being a good human being, living up to what you say, and never going back on what you say. If I say something, I have created to this date, Satane has said, if you ever need a cover, reach out to me. She's insanely busy. Prague doing all this amazing stuff. She's been featured on, my, my book was featured on a, a television show in Prague. Like, this is just part of my existence as a creator. <laughs> That's it's awesome. Amazing. That's cool. And it's it's great because the book even talks about abuse, something we don't talk enough about in our culture. It talks about mental abuse, especially. So, I mean, we can do so much for creation. And you talked about Cat, Dad, and Supermom. The inspiration, obviously, is my son. Being a dad. The minute you become a dad, you something in you just a switch change. At least for me. It was like a, uh, I was a different person. and I, no, I, I could second that. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's the resident dad here. It's like the Superman thing. You just take yeah. off your glasses and suddenly you're someone different. But I wanted to create something that was for, for children. And I came up with this concept and uh, I, I just wanted to run with it. Rahil said, do you want to work on this? I saw this. He came to me. That artist was like, I want to work with you. And I was like, yes, thank you. You're so awesome. I want to. We got Chuck uh, Pino, who's done a lot of my books. He's a great editor, uh, worked with me, knows about my dyslexia and helps me with it. I also have something dysgraphia where I, words get moved and I can't tell. I can't see it. It's like it's invisible to me. I will read it a thousand times as I think it's supposed to be. And working with the, the right editors really helped the words be as good as they are, even better than when I gave them because they were put in the right order. So I, I think you should try to keep the same editors because of that process. I, I try to, but sometimes you want to go with a different editor because you don't necessarily think that that's their wheelhouse. Um, and that's that sometimes you just change or he's busy with Chuck. Sometimes it's just a busy thing. 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, and I'm not always the creator behind it. So sometimes the I get to work now. I'm working on projects where people want me to write for them. That's where I'm at in my mm-hmm. my my the creative field in my my world now. People are like, Rob, do you want to work on my project? And I get to choose who I work with. That's so many amazing books coming out in the future. I'm I'm re- I can't say it enough how lucky I am to work with the artists I am. But Cat Dad was definitely about getting kids to really get back into comics and this concept of a kid dealing with real world issues, having to go to a dream world to understand and translate what a father said. Because sometimes as much as we're telling our kids something, it doesn't quite go fully in, but I think it lingers in the brain. (laughs) And my son sees it played out. He makes me this zany character, cat dad, which I, by the way, the joke, the, the joke is I hate cats. Love kittens, hate cats. They hate me too. We do not get along very well. So I became cat dad. And people are like, I'm always That's making a little jokes. jab at you. Yeah. I always make jokes about if you can't make fun of yourself, who can you make fun of? Exactly. So, and I, I think it's good for your kids to like be okay to like, my kid's sarcastic. Forget the autism. He's the most sarcastic person I know in the world. He is constantly trying to get me and he's like, ah. So, and I love it. I love that interaction. There's something amazing with that. So I thought if you could show a funny side of it, a funny side of parenting while talking about serious topic, the first book is you guys, I sent it to you all. Hopefully you guys got to look through it is about bullying, but it's not about him being bullied. It's about him witnessing bullying, something we don't talk about in our society. Maybe if we talked more about that, we'd stop just accepting it and turning a blind eye. And I'll tell you this, I'll give you got your, your listeners just a little bit of a hint. That story is not really done yet. There's going to be a part two to it because things aren't as simple. And I do want the things that affect Jax to matter going forward. So we do have a second issue coming out this year. Uh, you'll see some returning characters and a different a different feel for it. And I'll give you guys uh, the heads up on it. You know, when you Please. see a celebrity at a show and yes. you go talk to them, they're not the same character. Yeah. They kind of ruin it for you. Imagine how that uh... looks like to an eight year old kid. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. It's like, oh, you know, man. they were saying, like, don't, um, don't meet your heroes. That's exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what this entire issue is going to be about. But I, we wrap it up in a beautiful, I think that by the time you're done, you'll be like, wow. And you'll see that uh, process of storytelling. I'm really excited about Raheel's done an amazing job. Of course, now we're over at Scout Comics under the scoot line with this book. Very excited about that opportunity. Did an amazing job of uh, getting us into previews. It's out there. I Googled it. We're in Midtown Comics. I mean, hometown, Midtown Comics. That was one of those moments, like, if I get hit by a truck, okay. I got into (laughs) Midtown Comics. I mean, I want to do more, obviously, but, like, check, right? Like, that's, forget about it. Right now, this is the moment where you can kind of go, like, finally hit you that all of this has happened, and, you know, you'll be able to... But it makes appreciate you want. so much you know that you've done yeah but it makes you want more i'm telling like the first the first thing you want to do is pat yourself on the back and then you grab your own hand and go no we got more to do and you get back to work you get you get on issue two you start thinking about issue three four and five and you're working on all these other projects like you were talking about the two stories in there the one was the crossover i think the other one you're talking about is the wolf story right I was thinking about um, Eclipse, the one that you wrote on the Dependent. Oh, under Bobby Gregory? Gregory? Yeah. That's amazing. The Hawaiian hero. A Hawaiian Tell me one Hawaiian hero besides Magnum P.I. The fact that it is a Hawaiian hero and it's based off in Hawaii. And and tell us, what what was the creation with this concept and everything when you were writing and all that and putting it together and working with the team? Because, again, you... 
it's great to see a Hawaiian hero, especially in this right now, we're in this um, period of diversity where people are creating new characters that actually have different backgrounds or reflecting what the world looks like today. Creating this Hawaiian hero again, what was the inspiration? How was it working with the team? Please give us all the backdrop with that. Uh, well, honestly, it was Mike's. Um, this is a project I didn't create. Mike Seely came to me. He was working on this and he, he'd been a friend for years. And I kept going, you have to do this. You have to do this. And he's like, look, I'm really good at, at, at figuring out the art part of it. I could use some help as a writer. Would you want to come on? Before he finished the sentence, I was like, tell me what you want me to create. I just wanted to work with him. And I remember the first day we were, we were doing a book called Catalysts. You guys kind of see the hint towards the catalyst. Um, let's just put it this way. What happened in January was going to be in a comic book with the catalysts. And because of that, we could no longer release that book because there were certain things that would have been too close. So we had to scrap an entire comic book. Wow. But, but we were working on this smaller thing for the continuum, the, the series, the continuum. So we were like, well, why don't we use this as a jump off point for everything? So I rewrote it after art was already done to reflect everything else that we now have coming. And we just time jumped the story two years ahead. The main character Robinson that you see, he's actually from the catalyst and you're going to see more coming across and over the Hawaiian part. That's Mike, man. Mike just, he, he's just that type of person who goes, have you ever heard of like a Hawaiian here? And I was like, no, let's do it. Like that was, I was it. Cause I'm from New York. When you grow up in New yeah. York, you're in a melting pot. Yeah. There is, there is no like majority, like we're just in it together. You're in the subways together. There's that you get to, you all have friends who are all different types. You have to go to Long Island to get the weird stuff going on. <laughs> they start yeah. separating. In New York, yeah. you're just New York. You don't get it unless you grow up in New York. Like, I remember the first time I came down to the South and I, I saw a police, a police pull over someone and I saw 10 cop cars for one guy. I was like, that's what they mean. I never <laughs> saw that in New York, you know, because you grow up in New York, you don't see it. And then as a comic book creator, you know, you start to open your eyes to what's really going on in the world. The past four years have taught us that. So I'm I'm so happy to be working on a title where diversity is being shown, but it's not being pushed. He was like, he wanted representation, but he didn't want it to feel like it was just right. He really wants to see that melting pot in comics because he looks at it and he's like, the world isn't one yeah. color. It's a Crayola box. I want my comics to be a Crayola box. And I thought that like working with someone like that, you wake up every day wanting to work more on those projects. He asked me for a script. I stop everything, find a dark corner, and I get it back to him in 30 minutes. And he's like, I can't believe you just wrote this. I'm like, that's how it's <laughs> you did it? That's your turn? Wow. Dude. Yeah, it's, Rob, not Rob's the prettiest script. it's not the mind you, it's not the prettiest script, but it, it gets him to where he needs to be, and then I can work on. And a lot of times, the way we work together, we kind of use this new Marvel method. I give him a prose, he starts doing the art, and I, I letter it, so I go back over it and I fix things up because you always write that script for your artist, mm -hmm. but then you have to give it to the fans because your artist has nailed it, his art nails so much. It's, like, it's bro, it's fantastic, right. And you, you know, you sold it. You sold it. You, you, that, and I always say that's the eclipse story, but it's just, it's so much more. It's a universe builder without being a universe builder. It's just this open, honest conversation about this one character and one guy being pissed off because he has to be in Hawaii to deal with it, with this group that he, I mean, the whole time he's just, 
he's dogging this poor group every chance he gets. And the funny thing is, Robinson's based on me. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> and and Mike's known me a long time. He's like, we need a character that's going to kind of like, kind of push buttons and piss people off. And I'm like, that'd be cool. He's like, yeah, I have an idea. I don't know how you'll like it or not. <laughs> but what, what are you- friends for? He was like, what What would you think about, like, writing in someone like you? And I'm like, what? And he was like, you know, like, you, you, you kind of say things, and it's like you can do two things at once. You can say something and piss a bunch of people off. He's like, someone like that. And I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. Like, he did not expect me to write. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could definitely. That's a character I was born to write. <laughs> <laughs> So I got, I was excited. I, I, and this is like the fourth, and I promise I don't have the ego, but there was something about having that creative control over this one character that could always, because it was going to be more my voice. It was like, well, what would I say in that moment if I was in charge of the CIA and I'm this black op- operative? And I, it's kind of a cool moment to take your own head into, and you're like, I could rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that you touched up on that question. So, so, but also, so what again, you're yelling at, we could say Mr. Robinson is yelling at the B team because this is established that this is the B team. I just have to ask, are we going to get more backstory on the B team or do they just serve as cannon fodder that we see all, and, and we're just going to get the A team? <laughs> I'll answer that question with a quick story. I did this book called And They Call Us Monsters. First issue. I wrote in this character. Chuck goes to me, look, you spend so much time with this one character. It's like, I don't understand it. He, he, It's just, you really need it? I'm like, well, it's for the next issue. He's like, wait, you're doing another issue? I'm like, I'm always doing another issue. So your answer <laughs> is I'm always doing, yes, they matter. Yes. If, if it goes right, they'll get their own series. Every oh, one of them has an amazing, wow. has an amazing... Cool. Like I said, this is building a universe. This is mm. this is a moment because like I, I we've heard a couple of feedback and people are like, who tell me about Burn Notice. Even some of these names like Burn Notice, like there is a character I want to play with. He's a badass. All of them. Just the way that that and it's Seely. See, Mike Seely comes up with these these characters in his head. And I'm like, oh, I get new toys. It's like going to the toy store and someone's like, <laughs> Here, you get to play with this. And I'm like, yes. You know, and and we, we work really well together because he was he took over the wolf story. Um, someone else had been. You guys have read the book, so the original artist had not read the Barbara crossover story, but because it was about Barbara, asked to be removed without reading it. So we were like, and we're in the middle of a campaign, one week from deadline, and he's there like, oh, I I, I don't want to be associated with it, and it wasn't like I hid who I was. So Mike turns around, and he's like, I'll draw it. Give it to me. And what he came up with, that was draw that whole wolf was five days. Wow. Oh wow. Five days. He got all of that to me. We re-lettered it. We had it out. We we're not we didn't even get the money from Kickstarter yet, and our PDFs are out to our fans. That's how we are. That's that's what we committed to getting everything to our backers. They are the most important people. And that's just the type of creator he is. He got involved and we made some changes because there were things that like when you're working with someone you're very comfortable with, you start playing off of each other. And it's like, what if we did this? What if we did that? I was like, oh, my God, what if we did this? 
And the character went from like the wolf, which is this character that, that the original artist kind of missed a couple points. And as I started adding those points back in, because I got a second try at it, I was like, you know, I always thought about making him part Native American Indian, but not a lot, but making it like this character where he knew his grandfather was, but he never fully understood it. But he holds on to that heritage because I feel like that's a lot of us. I'm an I'm from an immigrant family. I'm first generation. My mom's off the boat. I could barely tell you about the Ukraine from that side, except for the stories they told me. Mm -hmm. So it's never like I'm ever going to understand it like they understood it. My mom was mm -hmm. a kid when she was over there. So I always have these stories from my grandfather. And I'm like, you know, if I told my grandfather's story, he'd probably read it and be like, that's not really what happened. He's like, I appreciate you. <laughs> but it's not really what happened. So I thought that that'd be a cool little thing because of how our, our even our grandparents influence us well after they're gone so you see that little feather on his arm that's a nod to his grandfather who is a, um, a, nice. not a native american i know we're not to say that indigenous american is the new term to be uh politically correct and to give credit you know like you know i i understand it uh it is kind of weird that we called them indians i never got it growing up so yeah it's it like was, it. yeah it was always questionable when they did that oh, it was always a christopher columbus screw up yeah Oops, <laughs> you're Indian. No, no, they weren't. <laughs> they were never Indian. They're like, no, man, we're not. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, it's really dope for the wolf that you added. Like, I noticed, I noticed the armband with the feather, and I thought, oh, cool. Um, you know, Indigenous American, and but the fact that you put so much time, effort, and thought mm -hmm. behind it, like that's his grandfather's, and as you say, you're writing another issue, so I'm sure down the line that comes up. Um, and, you know, but also something I wanted to ask you, too, for the eclipse and the fact that it was Hawaiian was is there going to be Hawaiian lore built into the character? One of the things I noticed was the the black bubbles. It reminded me of the black sands of Hawaii and like how there's lore behind it and not being able to take it or bad stuff happens to you. Like, is there like Hawaiian lore or any of that built into eclipse probably will, that we'll see further down the line? As the writer, I, I because you only get this little snapshot, I have to be careful what I say, of course. I can say this. I've been given books to read. So that should answer cool. your question. I, <laughs> by Mike Seeley, he was, here you go. Here's homework. And I got right to it. Yeah, you're going to see some stuff. That Hawaii is a character. Same as I when I when a Barbara. Uh, New York City is a character. It is New York City is one of the characters. There are hidden, real locations, real people show up in that, like human uh, those beings. Those are show always up. the fun ones. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I always look at scenery, like Cat Dancer Mom, where they are. It doesn't matter. They're in Florida, but it, it's not a huge character. But with Eclipse, yeah. Oh, do the Hawaiian Islands play into it? Everything. Like, there's, yes, 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 yes. There's a lot. And even the, we're even getting a, a editor on top of an editor to make sure that what we're having the characters say would be said on a Hawaiian island. So we're so nice. far, all you've heard, remember in this first issue, you've only heard Robinson speak. And no one right. gets that until they think about it. And they're like, oh, that's right. And, and at the very end, you see the, uh, the B team yeah. kind of say things, but you don't get enough to really get a feed on a uh, feel on them. Just enough to know that, you know, Lucky's like probably a problem starter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like yeah. you know right away. Oh, this dude doesn't even care. And one of the things you've done is that I remember meeting you at CACN. You were talking about the written sins network. And then also later came on um, indie advocates. Tell us how these networks were built and how you became an advocator for the indie comic scene and, 
getting indie creators um, known out there and getting the news out there for them. It, it was really just buddy going to those panels, realizing that when we met up every year, we lost contact with each other. And I wanted that to stop. And I wanted to start building a bigger circle. It started as a Facebook group. Uh, might have even been a Yahoo group in the very beginning, Ooh. but it quickly went to a Facebook group. Wow. wow. And then from that point, I blew up my back and I spent too much time. And as much as I don't talk about politics, when I hurt my back, that's all I wanted to talk about because it was the only thing you could talk about for hours on end and not care. Because I suddenly went from working out twice a day and literally being at work 16 hours to being home with a back injury 24 hours a day. I didn't do too well with it at first. And I remember I was uh, my, my ex, my wife at the time, now ex, literally sent me to therapy because she thought I was arguing with strangers too much online. And he looked at me and he's like, I understand why you're mad. It's You're young and you've hurt your bad back pretty badly. And he said, why don't you do something more positive with your time? And I looked at it. And I was like, I can help creators. If I can keep helping creators, then every day will be worth living. Even no matter how much pain I'm in, because I'm in pain every day. And I was like, if I can focus on something positive, because especially when you're hurt, you don't have money to buy art. You're stuck in this bubble where you're like, you can't, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But if I'm helping creators, I'm doing something positive in the world. And that was it. I just ran with it. And I just developed it over the years. And it was like, what do I want? I always said at the very beginning, I saw a forest and I wanted to cut all the trees down and make a highway. And one of my friends turned to me the other day and he said, the highway's here. He's like, you created it. You see other shows now doing the things you're doing. You've influenced people to change how they advocate. <laughs> You've changed how people advocate for comics forever. And he's there like, he's like, what do you want to do next? And I was like, keep creating comics. And through Continuum, now help creators learn what I've learned pass back to the creators that are coming up and build this company where people from the quote-unquote pros to the quote-unquote amateurs all can be in one place can create these and you saw the book i think it's a high mm -hmm. quality book it's a beautiful we, we want to make sure we're helping other creators level up and i've already had to break some hearts being like you're not ready if this is what you're giving me you're not ready you're not there doesn't mean you can't be can i give some suggestions and you will see them rise with us. You will see them learn from us. And I send them to comic book school because comic book school is a great place to get your feet wet. And I'm like, learn through that process. Come back to me and we'll refine you. We'll get you to where you need to be. We'll hook you up with the right people you need to. Editors are something people don't understand. So I've taken all the advocating and I've, I still do it. We have comicbookadvocates.com. It's now more of a newsroom. We have the, the, new co the uh, Comics Market Watch. We have the In to Know, which keeps people in the know, including some history stuff, some things you might not have known about comics. We have the Friday uh, Week Ended Show, which gives you the news from indie creators and mainstream. Because again, we need to stop separating ourselves in this industry and stop like hating people who've made it. They just worked hard and they earned their spot. We should be applauding them because they're keeping the lights on up top. We need to all work together. And this industry did so much better last year because everyone stopped caring who worked for what and we all got together. Mm -hmm. Let's keep doing that. Let's keep crowdfunding. Let's keep helping each other. That's what Continuum is. I hope we get people like Scott Snyder to be in the continuum one time because it's all about putting in short stories to build this giant library that will continue to be printed. It's almost like the library of Congress for indie creators to put your different things. We, we even talk about bringing in like how many of you have done an anthology piece that no longer is published. It's just given up. Like the company went out of business. That's it. It's over. You don't have anything to do with it. 
we're bringing those back. We're giving them the second time. The awesome thing about it too is imagine if you're a brand new creator, you come to Continuum. We're at our fifth issue. You can buy all five issues. We're going to continuously allow them to buy issues. So when they go to a comic con and they're buying it basically at cost, just a little extra to keep to keep us warehousing because more we buy, the better the price can be. Yep. They'll be able to buy those five issues, go to a show with five issues, and now possibly make a table and not just have one issue. This is about helping us all rise together and create something we can be proud of. I've committed to doing 100 issues. I Tom Kinged it after I made fun of Tom King and said, you can't say you're going to make 100 issues. First thing I did when I had a chance, I'm making 100 issues. And they're like, how you can do it? A lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> but I gave myself 10 years. I think I can do it in 10 years. Russ Leach, I want to give a lot of love to, stepped up because there was a contractual problem with Suddenly Only Death Can Save Us. So he gave us that only that sword book by the sword. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Amazing. Yes. I was blown away. The, this is what happens when you work together and you put your egos aside and you just create for the fans. And I think if people do that, they'll, they'll sh- strike gold. You said diversity. Diversity is important, but only when it's done right. How do you do it right? Let it be natural. Mm-hmm. Just think about the world you live in. If you're a creator who does not understand something, do not create it just to create it. It will come off yep. false. It'll be a bad narrative and it'll, it won't do what you think. Don't preach to us in comics. Tell us how the world looks through your eyes. Let us experience the world. You are, you are the only you in the existence of all time. Run with that. Tell us the stories you have. Don't tell us what you think you want. Me, I create, you see, you see just from this book, how many different characters I play with and all that. It's because I love comics and I just want to create anything I can. Every day I come up with something. I don't even tell people about it. I write it down in my little book. And <laughs> one day that, that character will show up in one of these books. And I've had like, Mike's like, where did where'd this character come from? Well, I did this thing a few years ago. It didn't work out, but now I'm going to put him in here. And he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just the, that's just the life lesson just giving out to younger artists too. The, the, the idea of just having the little book of ideas is something we see with anyone who's creating uh, innovators, entrepreneurs, artists. It's just something to have because you never know when an idea is going to come to you, especially if you're just out in the world seeing and kind of just taking it all in and just something, a, you know, a spring of inspiration comes in. You just don't want to lose it. So having that, you know, having that piece is something to, to share with everyone that, that wants to and can hear. Absolutely. And you want to work with you when you, and I, I stress this a lot, always get a contract. Contracts are like the new condoms in comics. It keeps everyone safe. You're not going to get anyone knocked up with a, a problem down the road where mm-hmm. misunderstanding becomes a bigger problem. So use that, protect each other, work with each other, but respect each other's times. If you're hiring an artist, you're not hiring a servant. There's still an artist. Give them room to show what they can do. Uh, editors, if an editor is being over editing, remember you're the writer. Tell them I'm not doing that. Put your foot down and be like, fix spelling. I'm not doing that. Tell them what you want. It's communicate. Do not get, I see it all the time. People get upset. Oh, my editor said to do this. So don't do it. They're not, they're not a Marvel editor. If you're paying them, you know, but listen, listen to the editor. Cause maybe they see something you don't. The hardest thing we have to do as a creator sometimes is walk away from our own project for a second, come back and look at what they just said. Mm-hmm. And they might be seeing something we missed and you got to put your ego away. I can't express that enough. Don't pat yourself on the back because the minute you do, someone will yeah. take your spot because you stop being serious about creating. Never stop being serious about creating. 
always work on the next issue, the next project. You know, like when I got picked up with by by Scout, we went, we were going to be part of Scoot. I didn't even mention it, and people were like, why didn't you mention that moment? I was like, because we were going to Diamond. I was going to save everything for when we were in Diamond. And I was going to tell people to order the book. I'm very proud of my relationship with with Scout. Scout's an amazing company. I just I don't want to flex. I want to create. I want the creations. I want to be known for what I've created. I don't want to be known as a person. I want people to be like, Rob created all these things, and he was just a, just an f up <laughs> behind the scenes. But look at the amazing things he created. I want to be known for my work, so I let my work speak for me. I try to not speak for for anything other than what I do, and. I live by that. I try to very hardly create things and even creating the cat dad thing. Like now I'm, I'm a little different because I have that thing where Jax gets told by the character based on me to, to rise up above it. And I really try that now. I don't try to early, earlier on, you know, the New York in you, you don't like, you might've said something and offended someone. And I try now to just give people enough room. I don't I don't try to get into anything that I don't need to be into. I see someone write something stupid. And I'm just like, oh, what's on TV? You know, I distract <laughs> myself because, you know, it's not my job to monitor. We see and we've all experienced it, bad experiences. Yeah. And it's that instant knee jerk wanting to run out and tell everyone. No, that's why you have friends behind the scenes. Go, go, bitch, rant and rave you t- publicly saying something. 90% of the time, people are just going to think it's your side. You know, anyway, they're not going to want to get involved. So stay out of it. Stay out of the drama. Create your comics and let them speak for who you are. That's the one piece of advice. Let your creation speak for you. You don't speak for yourself. Rob, I want to thank you for coming on, man. This has been an awesome episode. And being someone who has seen what you do for the community, again, we just want to say a big thank you to you because you give us a lot of shout outs too with letting people know what indie creators, what cons they were at when we had cons going on pre-COVID, um, what you guys did with the um, the awards show this year, getting fans involved. And um, again, just everything you've done. And again, seeing the student that you you were, you know, when we were meeting at Creative After Cons, like I was there and I saw you walking around with the cane and seeing where you are now and all that again i appreciate you coming on and again wish you nothing more but uh, more success brother thank you and i appreciate what you guys do you guys being the podcast you are you've done some great things for people here always great things for you the AfterCon, we were we're going back these we're gonna get shots in the arms before you know it we're gonna be causing trouble after and we're gonna be back out there talking to you amazing fans we can't wait Every creator I've spoken to in the last year says, I can't wait to get back to talking to the fans. We miss you. We can't wait to be back. We can't wait for you to ask us that question. What about this? So we can't wait to be there with you. So guys, make sure you check out all the links in the description. Follow Rob Anderson. Check out all his amazing work. Follow his networks. If you're an indie creator and want to learn more, definitely um, hit him up on his links. They are doing a lot of great stuff for indie creators. This has been your boy, Sebastian. Hello. And your boy, Tone from across the hall.